Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Join you every morning at 10 a.m. UK time. Joined by Bailey. How are you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm all well, TC, mate. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, so it was a good weekend of football, uh, of course. And uh, not only did Arsenal win and are now the only side with a perfect record in the league, but Man City dropped points. Gonna uh, The fact I can even say that and think about it being relevant to Arsenal <laughs> is kind of crazy. Um, and of course, Chelsea with a humiliating defeat to Leeds United as well. Uh, another one. Big game tonight, of course, as well. Manchester United playing Liverpool. Both of those teams could be relevant for Arsenal this season, or just one of them. Hopefully, the one is is Liverpool, and the other one is in a relegation battle this season. But uh, we move. Uh, but yes, let's let's kind of talk about the weekend because I haven't caught up with you since the game. Um, I did the post match reaction with with Alfie, and we had a good chat about things, and it was a really enjoyable game. But yeah, great result and performance. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. If, honestly, I'm, I might be over-exaggerating, but I just feel like watching Manchester City or Liverpool where you can sit back and just watch the team dominate and you know absolutely nothing is going to stop Arsenal from getting the win. The whole game, I can't remember a game like that, TC, where we dominated for yeah. 90 minutes. I don't think I can... I'm trying to think. I can't think of a game where we dominated so clearly and where the other teams look so beaten and battered. We yeah. absolutely destroyed them. We, we were all over them and... Yeah, I can't remember in a long, long while where Arsenal's been able to do that. I think that just shows this season we are serious, serious contenders. Not for the title. I won't say for the title, but for Champions League. And it's it's good to see. It was really good to see. It's, it's a breath of fresh air. As I said, now nowadays I get excited when we're about to play. I'm like, let's see how this goes. And it's just the team's very likable at the moment. And it's good to see. Yeah, it's very likable. Um, there's There is something special about this. It's so strange. Mm. Like... To think when Arteta took over and we played against that Bournemouth team uh, in 2019 and we drew 1-1, the, the the night and day between that team and this is so stark. Like It's such a massive difference between the two. Uh, I really cannot wait to kind of see what happens. I'm loving the euphoria in the fan base. I'm loving the positivity and the, the optimism, you know. I, I, people are going to obviously there, there'll be no point in the season I don't think there'll be any point this year at least in the first half of the season where talk of title challenges and you know stuff mm-hmm. like this becomes realistic because ultimately Arsenal haven't had their test yet October is going to be a very telling month yeah. I think for Arsenal we've got games against Spurs Man City and Liverpool are all in that month we of course have a game against Manchester United at the start of September at Old Trafford. That's a big test. No matter what laughs and jokes we can have about Man United, you know, if they pick up a win today somehow against Liverpool, who are not having the best of starts of the season, suddenly their season just flips on its head immediately. So it's very, very early. Um, but I am very excited about things. I am enjoying what we're seeing from this team. What have you made of kind of the the other teams? You know, Chelsea look really I thought they had a really good game against Spurs and were unlucky to come out without three points in that game. I thought they dominated. They just couldn't finish their chances. In this game, they just seemed so off the pace. Absolutely. Completely off the pace. And I said this at the start of the season. People laughed at me. I said, look, the the transfer window Chelsea are having is worrying. They're they're spending frantically. They have no transfer recruitment strategy. And because of this, Arsenal, I believe Arsenal finished ahead of them in the league because Chelsea's recruitment and their build-up has been terrible. They had a, a terrible pre-season. That just, again, it highlights how important a pre-season is because last season, Arsenal struggled towards the end of the season because we had such a rubbish start. And again, this is Chelsea this season. And I just, I'm worried for Chelsea, I really do, because I know Thomas Tuchel... Do is you? Not, 
Do you yeah, worry for them? Are I, you don't, I don't worry for them. <laughs> I worry for their families. I'm, enjoying it, man. I'm, no, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. But I do worry in terms for them, in terms of Thomas Tuchel, because he's not a manager who lasts at a club for too long. And if stuff does get too toxic, we've seen at PSG, we've seen at Borussia Dortmund, he won't stay around. He won't linger around for too long. So Chelsea's situation at the moment should be watched. I'm interested to see. It's going to be a big, big last week of the transfer window. I know they're going to be almost in for every player. We'll see who they spend on. But at this moment of time, Arsenal just look clear of teams like Chelsea and Manchester United. We look clear in terms of our squad, our system, our, our transfer recruitment. Our, just, we just look like a much better team at the moment. But again, it is a long, long season. It is a marathon, not a sprint. So we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. But at the moment, it's looking very good. Yeah, it is looking very good. Um, and of course, now there's going to be an interesting test next week. So we go up against the Fulham side that have started well this season. They've got uh, probably the, the most, besides Jesus, the most informed striker in the league in Mitrovic, who is a very different style of player to what we've come up against. I say that, you know, Kiefer Moore is a very yeah. physical forward as well, but he didn't really get the service. Whereas Fulham, I look at as a, a much more capable side than, than Bournemouth this year. And the business they've done absolutely supports that. And they were able to not comfortably beat Brentford, but they went... 2-0 up, you know, in that game quite comfortably and then defensively were quite weak. I think we're fortunate that our next two games are at home. We can continue that momentum. The The crowd's going to be electric. We've played two away games already and won them both, which is great. Uh, and then obviously watching Crystal Palace as well this season that have taken points off of uh, of Liverpool and they won this weekend as well, did they not? Um, yeah, so, you know, they look like a real side that we've managed to take three massive points on and they're going to take points off other teams we're competing with this season. So, yeah. Really great stuff. Um, and tonight, obviously, is a big, big game. We'll talk more about the result of that in tomorrow morning's show, of course. Um, let's talk transfers. There's quite a lot of news going on right now. I'm going to kick off with, with Tielemans and save the Neto stuff uh, for a second. Uh, according to Belgian football transfer expert and journalist Sasha Tavalieri, there's an expectation that Arsenal will indeed make a bid for Tielemans in the next week or two. Uh, I talked at length about this on TGT uh, a couple of days ago. I think it was a couple of days ago, where I basically said that, or my kind of explanation around why I'm not at this point fully on board with the Tielemans idea. I'll explain in short my reason why, and then I'll get your thoughts on it, Bailey. In in short, I just think we can do better. I, I think that we can get a better player in that position. And often the response to that is, well, we need depth. You know, I don't personally think Tillman starts for us right now. I don't think he gets in ahead of Xhaka. I think he would be on the bench. And obviously the answer to that is, well, he's depth, you know, really good quality Premier League proven. And I get that. My issue with it is I just think if we sign Tillemans, we are filling a role in the team. You know, there's a spot in this team to compete with Xhaka in that box-to-box number eight role. If we fill it with Tillemans, we are committing to that for the next two, three years. It means that next summer, say a Milinkovic-Savic level or a Barella level or a Paqueta level kind of player is there, we would have already kind of laid our bed, if you like, with Tielemans. And we wouldn't, I don't think, be moving in because Xhaka won't be going anywhere still. We'll still be under contract. I don't think he's going to be moving on. Do you see what I'm saying? And I just feel yeah. as though, whilst I like Tielemans, there is part of me that just thinks we could get someone better than him. I get what you're saying, TC. I agree and I disagree at the same time. The reason I agree with you is because, look, Gabriel Jesus is our striker right now. Six months ago, we were all stressing because we didn't sign Dusan Flyovic. And if we signed Dusan mm. Flyovic, then Gabriel Jesus wouldn't have been available because he would have taken that role in the team, just like you said. So in terms of that, you're spot on. I think, um, of course, you want to sign a player who can fully compete with Granit Xhaka. The reason I would disagree with you is because 
at the moment, Granite Shaka and Thomas Party are, are our best options. And of course, you want to compete with Granite Shaka, but will we sign a player for so much millions of money? And would, he, would that player be willing to come in and be depth to, to Granite Shaka or Thomas Party? I don't think Granite Shaka will want to be dropped from the team either. And I think Tielemans bridges the gap between Sambi Lukonga and Granite Shaka, that difference then at number eight role, for example, or, or El Nenny and, and Granite Shaka would like to say. I think Tielemans is the ideal player for depth. Sometimes you don't sign the best player in that position. Sometimes you sign a quality player mm. to, to improve for depth. And if you want to sign, for example, the Milinkovic Savage or the Yuri Tillem or the um, Lucas Paqueta, then that's the replacement for Granit Xhaka, not the actual sure. competition for, for Granit Xhaka, if that makes sense. So mm. I do agree and I disagree at the same time because I think <laughs> the money that you can sign Tillemans for is, is a bargain for 25 to 30 million pounds. That's an absolute bargain if that is the price that we are signing him for. And I think he, he bridges the gap perfectly. And we need to sign him to field, I think, before the end of the transfer window. Because if Granit Xhaka and Tos Party gets injured and then bringing in Samuel Okonga and Elneny, our levels will just drop automatically. Mm. And I think we do need yeah. to sign him to field and keep the pressure on the Premier League's necks and keep our foot on their necks and sign another player. I think that's why I think it is important. If we don't, we could we could suffer from that. And But yeah, you're both you're, you're right and you're wrong at the same time. Geez. Yeah, no, I completely think that's fair. And I think the, the counter-argument being that, you know, the depth beyond Xhaka and Partey to El Nini and Lukonga is a significant gap. And I completely understand that. It's, it's just kind of this idea about, especially with this Neto news coming out, and we'll talk about that in a second, you know, is like, I just feel like Arsenal are currently looking at players of such a high standing. You know, Gabriel Jesus, world-class. I'm not having a debate with anyone about that anymore. He's world-class. Like, it's just fact at this point. Alexander Zinchenko it looks to be a world-class addition as well. has been absolutely brilliant. William Saliba coming into the team, of course, and being integrated looks potentially like a future world-class defender who could put in world-class performances as well, like we've already seen. Um and Fabio Vieira, we don't know what we're going to get from him, but there's an expectation and the numbers he was putting in for Porto last season certainly bang on the door of a player that's got potential to be top class one day. And I just think that, I just question whether Tielemans is that player. Because, um, of course, he hasn't had a good start to the season. He didn't particularly have the best of seasons last year either. And I know that he's not in the right frame of mind. And I've sat on the channel and tried to temper people's expectations or temper criticisms of Tielemans because of his head not being in the right place. Potentially, if he was given the freedom to move to Arsenal in an environment that suits him, that kind of makes him, again, very happy and, and content with where he's at. Maybe we would see a better Yuri Tillemans. But I, I just don't I don't think it's necessarily unfair to have those doubts about whether or not the Tillemans is the right move, and I think it's a fair discussion. But as you said there, I think you've raised some good points in, in the alternative. I think Arsenal have to sign someone in midfield this yeah. summer, absolutely. I just hope that we get it right. Um, Neto. Just, just Neto. Like, that's, what a story from David Ornstein this morning. Arsenal in talks. It's been going on for a while. I know there's been whispers for some time that he's been on the radar of Arsenal. You know, it's not, it's not new news that in terms of Arsenal having an interest, but it is new and certainly a massive claim from David Ornstein that this is kind of the priority. He's the one we're going for. He's the mystery winger that we've all been obviously worrying and wondering about for so, so long. You're going to see those words in headlines, I imagine, today. Um, what do you make of this? Yes, the mystery winger is revealed. And you know what? I think he would be an absolute quality signing. I really do. I think Bukayo Saka, he's got, he will finally have competition with Pedro Neto in the team. And yeah. I think Bukayo Saka needs it. Just going off his recent performance, going off that he's about to play around 50 Premier League games back in a row almost. I think he needs, he needs rest. He needs competition. I think Pedro Neto is perfect. However, if we're being realistic, TC... I don't think a deal is going to happen. After what Ornstein said, he said that 
Wolves don't want to sell and Arsenal don't want to, sp- don't want to spend excessively. I think that kills, that almost kills a deal. It kills our hopes, almost a hope. There can be a, a middle ground that's found, but I do think we might need to search for alternatives because Pedro Neto will not be cheap. He's just signed a new contract until 2027. I don't want to be the negative guy, but it just, to me, it just seems an unlikely deal, unfortunately. And I want it to happen because I think Pedro Neto would yeah. just be the perfect. If we could get TC, Neto, Tillemans, Jesus, Sinchenko, Fiera, oh, that is still, a, it's a joke of a window. window. Like. That's a 10-10 window. I, think. I mean, I'll go 11, you know. That, uh, yeah, I, mean, that I, I never give 10 out of 10s, you know. Never. And even with my criticism of, of Tillemans, you know, like that window is insanely good. So good. And I think if it was to happen, obviously the expectation would then raise. I think, you know, I've had so many people in comment sections and on Twitter and social media saying to me, if we get two more players, you know, a title challenge ain't realistic. And I'm sitting there going, look, you need to temper your expectations yeah. around the whole title situation. You can't... This is a team that finished fifth last year, only narrowly missed out on fourth. You know, world-class additions can take us that next level, but I still think there is a wider squad issue that mm-hmm. still needs to be sorted and there needs to be a greater depth of quality through the squad to have anything close to being able to compete across four competitions. Arsenal could quite easily lose two games in a row and then the whole sense of Arsenal season flips. And that can happen because it's the Premier League. You're not going to win every game. We are going to drop points at some stage. But absolutely, if we're able to add players of that kind of quality to this Arsenal team. And again, we're going down that Premier League route. You know, Ramsdale White were kind of the the gatekeepers, I suppose. Actually, ironically, the the player that opened the door under Arteta was Willian and Cedric Mm. as well. You know, and I know they've not been the best, especially Willian, Cedric. You know, I think people can have a debate about him. He's provided okay depth at times and he's been okay at times for us, but he's not transformative. But you could tell from the beginning of Arteta's tenure that he wanted to bring in Premier League talent. And despite now us obviously moving on from the Williams and Cedrics this world to the Ramsdales, to the Whites, and now to the Zinchenkos and the Jesuses, we weren't doing that under Wenger. And we weren't doing that under Emery. You know, we were signing Premier League players, but they were Welbeck. They were Louise. They were Petr Cech. You know, the, they were players that were surplus to requirements. I, I mean, even Callum Chambers was obviously a prospect from Southampton. Matteo Debussy, who came in from, from Newcastle, was probably the last genuine example of a player who was playing at a really good level at Newcastle before he got injured, of course, at Arsenal and, was came, and came in as kind of a proven Premier League player. He's probably the last example that we've got. Petr Cech, of course, I know is, is obviously another one, but he he dipped certainly at Arsenal, was not in his prime at all and certainly had gone beyond it. But I think that's one of the big things that Arteta and Edu have massively changed about Arsenal's recruitment mm-hmm. is that they've gone to the Premier League market and they've recognised that's how we go from languishing and regressing and, and all of that to a team that's going back on the up. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely. I can't disagree with you there, TZ. I think the recruitment this summer and last summer as well, I, finally, I'm seeing a plan. I'm seeing strategy in place. I'm seeing, for example, Chelsea go for for, for Gordon. I'm seeing Manchester United just splash on on uh, Anthony, which may, mm. doesn't really make sense to me. The, the no. size doesn't make sense. But every signing that comes across, I think, TC, I can't figure a player we've been linked to, strongly been linked to, and I thought, oh, that doesn't make sense. It's made sense. It's made sense to our crewmen. I yeah. think when we were first linked yeah. to Sinchenko, we were linked to Lissandro Martinez, of course. We were linked to other players who've been pursuing. They've all made sense. They've all fit the strategy. And I think 
this is a major, major point where at the moment we look like we're on the up is because transfer recruitment is so, so important. Like you said before, previously, we'd sign players from one age to another age who were from another profile compared to another profile. And it was just, we were signing players for the sake of it. But now we have a transfer recruitment and that is major for our rebuild. And that is finally starting to, to, to show off this season. Mm, absolutely. Um, last thing before we go into the chat box and take some questions. Uh, Umar says thoughts on uh, Mikhailo Mudrik. I mean, how much have you seen of him? I I've not seen loads. I've seen I've watched him a little bit more this weekend to kind of familiarise myself. Uh, and he looks like an exciting talent, like a very exciting talent. And obviously, if we can't afford Neto, I think as an as a alternative, he seems quite the, the player. Yeah, I saw him for Ukraine uh, a couple of times in the qualifiers. Mm. I thought he was he's promising. He came as a substitute. He looked like he looked like a player who was direct. I thought he was going to Bayer Leverkusen. I thought that was going to open up a deal for for Musa Diaby possibly, but but clearly that hasn't happened. So he is interested. I know he's been described as the Ukrainian Neymar by some players. So it's interesting to see if we, if if he does come through the door. But I don't think I don't think he'll happen. I think he needs another move before then he makes a move to Arsenal. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think that that's fair. The only issue with that, obviously, is Arsenal have seen that happen and then the price tag for that player has just shot up ridiculously. So it would be a case of Arsenal taking a bit of a risk. He seems to be on the list. You know, again, there's a number of reports that have come out and claim that he is indeed on the list of players that Arsenal have. Uh, I still personally have to verify that. I can't tell you, but certainly other reports have, have suggested that. Um, I, yeah, I like his profile. I think he's one of the talents. You know, I, I saw him at the end of last year um he started getting on kind of the radar and there were compilations and clips of this young ukrainian talent going around and he was him his speed the dribbling the technical ability you know he, he explodes out of kind of you know dribbles and little jewels and then comes away with the ball and just accelerates massively he's very quick uh very exciting and if we aren't to get netto because he's too expensive you know i don't think this is all that I think this is a very decent alternative to a wide position. You can play on either flank, you know, as well as an alternative. You can play as a 10 if you wanted him to. So that versatility is something Arteta likes, as we know. Uh, let's answer some questions. Marcus says, is the Awar deal done so we can put Paul Pele out of his misery? <laughs> Keep up the great work. I did see a rumour that, was it Crystal Palace were trying to yeah, hijack that deal? That's nothing happened so far I've seen. I don't see that deal being finalised with, with Nottingham Forest. It was said it was close, but I've not seen any confirmation yet that that is going to be happening. Um, I know there's a lot of thoughts about Neto and uh, and uh, Tielemans as well. Carl says, Tom, I agree with Bailey. In addition, it's assumed that our players in midfield are going to stay fit and continue our current form. What happens with form, loss of injury, suspensions and the massive games that we ultimately have? And again, that's why I said the counter-argument to the Tielemans doubts is absolutely valid because we, we do need to spring a signing in. I just think it's about whether or not we could add someone on loan for a season until we can get that genuine needle pusher, if you like, uh, to the quality that we have in this team. Um, but David agrees, says, uh, Tommy took a lot of sense about the Tielemans. I agree, wait until next summer for the right type of player. Potentially, that's the right way to go about it. Graham says, Arteta needs to be smart when it goes to two games a week. Keep Partey, Jesus and Saka to name three out of the side in Europe and the EFL Cup. Use the squads and give others opportunities. I think we can probably expect that that is what's going to happen. Uh, and just very simply, Suleiman's asking, um, is, do you think we will sign someone in midfield? Is that your expectation? Because for me, I'm still leaning on the side that I think will sign the wide player, mm -hmm. but not the midfielder. Yeah, as much as I'd prefer us to probably sign a midfielder, I agree with you. I think we're going to sign a winger. And if uh, Ornstein did say about uh, uh, sorry, Pedro Neto and us not wanting to spend excessively because we can't, that does worry me, but 
yeah, so I do think you'll either be a wing and a central midfielder. And at the moment, it's like he's going to be a winner. Interesting stuff. So we'll see what happens. Stuart says, do you think we need to rotate? Yeah, I feel we're looking so good and the bench players are all returning from injury. I'm happy if we keep just giving them minutes off the bench for now. Yeah, no, I think we shouldn't rotate until until there's an EFL Cup game. or, or Well, we've got a midweek game next week. Villa, we of course, mid-week. is on Wednesday. Do you oh. think that is a worth of like a Tommy Asu coming in or a Tierney coming in or an El Nenny or a Lakonga or, a, I don't know, a Smith Rowe coming in? Not at all. If we continue to win, I think we should keep the same team. And if, of course, I know the EFL Cup's coming up soon. European League is also starting soon. That's when we start to rotate. I think Premier League, we need to keep the same squad. I think we need to get used to this as well. If we want to play in the Champions League next year, we are going to have midweek games where we're going to need to play our best team in the Champions League. So mm. why not start early? It's very true. You know, I think we've been out of the Champions League so long that sometimes we maybe underestimate how much you need to maintain kind of that yeah. same team as often as you can. So it's a very, very fair point. Kinnan uh, says uh, we now rotate Tierney and Tommy in slowly instead of rushing them. I, you know, I think for the Aston Villa game, especially because we're at home, I think we could potentially afford to say bring Tommy yeah. in for White, give White a bit of a rest. I think we could probably bring Smith Rowe in for Martinelli, who's been, you know, energy wise, is, is just up there. We could probably take off Jesus earlier in the game if we're already leading for Enketia. Vieira, of course, can get an opportunity or a chance. El Nenny can come in for party, as we know he's got his injury problems. Uh, Tierney for Zinchenko, of course, as well. Um, and potentially, who knows, even maybe a centre-back coming in for one of Saliba or Gabriel. Um, I think we can make changes. I don't think I'd make too many, as you say, but I think maybe the subs would be earlier made in the game, depending on the, the state of the game. Because we have got that game against Man United the following Sunday. So mm-hmm. it's also worth remembering that that is, is happening as well. So... It'll be intriguing how things change. And of course, we've been easy to do our predictions and our lineup pieces and stuff like that because we you don't want to change a winning team. But now the fixtures are going to start to stack up. That's when we're going to start seeing some variation, I think, in the lineups and certainly what people think we should be doing. Um, we're going to round off the show there. Before I do round things off, very briefly, and I know I touched upon this on TGT this morning in greater detail, um, but of course, uh, Vinny Eagle, who was a big part of the start of this channel's community. Uh, we started this channel way back in September of last year. It's still not even been a year since we started this channel. Um, and Vinny was one of the first people in the chat box telling people to jump over, tweeting about the show, jumping into other chat boxes and Discord servers and telling people to come on the channel. Unfortunately, I've got some really sad news that, that Vinny was throughout the last fair few months um, battling with cancer. And unfortunately, uh, last night we learned that he did lose that battle. Um, so we'd just like to say, as, as part of the Arsenal way, because Vinny was was as, as well a part of, of this community here as well, that, that our thoughts are, are with his family. There is a link to uh, Vinny's fundraiser that a lot of you guys that I know help support in the chat box. We help raise over £10,000 with obviously massive, massive help from uh, all of his friends and family that, that pushed that fundraiser. And all we did was trying to give it a push from our side as well. And we managed to get over £10,000 and that's still going. So if you would like to help contribute to, to Macmillan, um, then then please go to the link in the video description and you can do that. But uh, thank you, Bailey, for your time. Really appreciate it as always, my friend. Yeah, thank you, TC. Can only echo your thoughts. Prayers up to Philly Eagles family. I hope they're all good. I hope everything's good, guys. Make sure to check the, the link in the description and, and look at the fundraiser. It's just a big cause. It's a very good cause as well. So, And also, guys, of course, thank you for, for tuning in as always. And it's, it's lovely speaking to you all.
Absolutely. Um, we'll be back. Uh, there'll probably be a show this afternoon. If not, there'll, of course, be another show tomorrow morning. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being part of this brilliant community here at the Arsenal Way as we push towards 1,000 subscribers, considering we were on zero, uh, you know, less than a year ago. And Vinny was part of the first 1,000, definitely part of the first 1,000. I think he may have been part of the first 10 that ended up subscribing to the channel. Um, it's amazing to see where things have, have come since then. We're also uh, involved in the Football Content Awards this year. Uh, we're pushing towards potential nomination for the best new content creator because we are less than a year old. So if you'd like to go over there and uh, and help us out with that, go over to the website and vote for us in that category. Just type in the Arsenal way on the best new content creator category. So there you go. Um, but thank you for listening. To drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you are new, and we will see you again very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Much love to you, Vinny.